again to Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the Word. <laughs> Sit right there, folks at home and people in the church, because you are about to get a dose of holy boldness. If you will, please turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 11. With all the issues of life today, we need to begin to have holy boldness. I don't mean to be puffed up. I don't mean to have arrogance or to have an attitude with God. But it's to just go before his throne of grace boldly, knowing that your daddy is going to hear all of your needs. Look at your neighbor right now and say, holy boldness. Now look to the other side and say, do you have holy boldness? Last week on Sunday, I was at the Women of Wisdom's class, and I began to talk to the women about spiritual warfare and how there are many things that are just caught up in the heavenlies. How many of you feel like you've got a blessing coming and it, it just stuck somewhere? How many of you know that God has sent your blessing and it just don't seem like it's coming your way, but you know it's coming, but it's just not right in your area. It's not in the atmosphere yet. And when I was speaking with them, that began to well up in my spirit was talking about holy boldness. Because if I had to choose and a person that was going to go to fight for me, I wouldn't want somebody that was talking like this. I wouldn't want somebody that just had such a sweet and kind of spirit, going to go and tell this devil to leave me alone. No. I want somebody that's going to tell that slew-foot, cock-eyed demon to get off my back. And I wanted him to know without a shadow of a doubt that God was right there holding his or her hand and screaming in his face to say, this is over. I declare the mess is over. So in this time that I had spending by myself, you can find out information on notalk.com. I began to really understand, even in my quiet time with God, I am a little bold because I reflect. And I remind God of the things that he's given, the promises that he gave me in his word. And I'm going to go through a few of them just for you to understand. And what I did for those of you that don't have just the, the time to go and find all these scriptures, I made some little blue slips at the back table that just give you what I'm about to read to you. So that if you're in your prayer time and you would like to remind God of some of the promises that he's given you, you can just pull this little card out, just keep it right there by the place where you pray and begin to speak his promises to him. Because God, he, in the word of God, Jesus would remind the Father, you said. So it is our, it's our opportunity also to remind God of the things that he's promised us. So when I begin to go before God with holy boldness, I include these things. I include reverence. I praise him for who he is and all he has planned for my life. Not just the plans that I have for me, because I know my plan. I know what kind of outcome my plans have, but my plans don't always pan out like I think they will. But God has a set destiny for me. I respect him. I let him know that he is sovereign God, that he has all power and all he's all-knowing, he's all-seeing, he's everywhere. I praise him for all that he's done, and I praise him for the things that I think he's going to do. And then I remind him. I remind him of what he's already said in his word. Matthew chapter 6 says, Therefore I say unto you to take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is life not more 
Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Skipping down. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, Lord. You told me, Lord, you told me I should not take thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I, ta- I pull the scripture and I just give it back to him in my own words. Psalms 91. Lord, you told me that I was going to dwell in the secret place of you, Lord. You said that you would cover me with your shadow and under your wing I can trust. You told me that surely you're going to deliver me from the snare of the fowler and this bill that has come up in my door and I don't have the money for it. That is a snare of the fowler, Lord. And I believe that you're going to come and you're going to deliver me from this noisome pestilence calling me on this telephone. You have to put this in words from your heart. Bring it to life. This is not just some vain repetition. God gave this to us as a tool. If you go to, I mean, Psalm, the whole book of Psalms 21, because he had, Lord, you said you set your love upon me, and you told me you're going to deliver me, and you're going to set me on high because I have known your name. You will call upon, I will call upon you, and you will answer me. And guess what, Lord, you said you're going to be with me in trouble. You didn't say you were going to leave me alone. All the things that I see before me are nothing because you said you're right here walking with me. And you're going to deliver me. And then once you deliver me, you're going to honor me. Because it says in Psalms 23, it said, You set a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Lord, and my cup, not only am I full, but my cup is running over. I mean, you begin, I mean, just begin to, all these are on this slip for you. In, in John, um, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, and it says, this is one of my favorite ones, Behold, brethren, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. And then you go to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Lord, you told me you know my future. You told me you have thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me and expecting it and then moving on down. I mean, it's just so many scriptures that you can just begin to repeat back to the Lord. This is your, your vocal. This is how you're being true to God and saying, Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I believe your, your will for my life is already set before me. Look at your neighbor and say, holy boldness. And look at the other one and say, do you have holy boldness? The definition of the word boldness is the trait of being willing to undertake things that will involve risk or danger. Now, how many of you know if you go before the Lord in the wrong way, you might impart a little danger? Because my God is powerful. He does, I do not, I'm not telling you to go before him and disrespect him. And dishonor his name and, and bring all these things in a haughty spirit. But you're to go before him with reverence. Because he is your source. He is your all in all. He says, I am that I am. So he is your money. He is your health. He is your rent. He is your car note. He is 
everything you need all encompassed into one. So I'm not telling you to be disrespectful now. That's just like me telling somebody telling my child to come to me and demand some things. No, 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 no. Don't work like that. So I am not telling you to go before the Lord and demand things. You are kindly reminding him with boldness because it's true of what he has already said. Look at your neighbor and say, holy boldness. In the two Gospels, as I told you in the beginning to turn with me to, to Luke chapter 11, the Lord also speaks of how we are supposed to pray. And he talks about the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. There are some quotes that I heard a, a child, you know, children can really be funny. And some of the things that they say, as Pastor Charles always gives you all a, a dose of humor every Friday, I would not like to um, leave without giving you just a bit of his type of ministry. The one that I have here is I find the other one. A little, a little boy was overheard praying, Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm actually having a real good time like I am. A four-year-old prayed, and forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. This young lady says, I had been teaching my three-year-old daughter, Caitlin, the Lord's Prayer for several evenings at bedtime. She would repeat after me the lines from the prayer. Finally, she decided to go solo. I listened with pride as she carefully enunciated each word right up to the end of the prayer. Lead us not into temptation, she prayed, but deliver us some email. Amen. <laughs> and how many of you know children go before God boldly? They don't hold anything back. There were some things that were um, given on this website at um, ChristianStories.com, some of the things that they said. Dear God, I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the, soft, the sunset you made on Tuesday. Dear God, what does it mean you're a jealous God? I thought you had everything. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother. But what I was praying for was a puppy. Dear God, it rained for our whole vacation, and my father is mad. He said some things about you that people are not supposed to say, but I hope you will not hurt him anyway. Your friend, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get older, but just not with so much hair all over. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. <laughs> Dear God, if you watch me in church Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. Dear God, I don't think anybody could be a better God. Well, I just want you to know, but I'm not just saying that because you're already God. Kids can say whatever is on their hearts. And they truly know that God has hurt them. He says to suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. 
That was our dose of laughter for today. Didn't quite make you laugh like Pastor Charles, but it's all right. Look at your neighbor and say, holy boldness. Luke chapter 11, if you'll start at verse 5. I'm reading from the New International Version, so it may read a little different. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, look, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him bread because he is his friend, yet, because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if for your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, through your evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I can remember one of Pastor Charles' sermons where he just said, How much more? And it was just, I still hear that, and I know that God has a measure for me that is greater than I can imagine or think. Everybody just say, how much more? How much more? It is true. If we know how to give good gifts, then how much more does our Heavenly Father know? Because we are made in His image. Amen. Matthew chapter um, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25, it talks about the level of provision and how we can be assured that God hears our prayers. And that was the verse that I read to you earlier about, take no thought for your life, for what you shall eat or drink. He's telling you, don't worry. Faith ends where worry begins. The minute you start worrying about something and you have no control over it, your faith stops right there. I have learned that if there's something going on in my life or in the life of my children or in the life of my friend or my family or my parents, when my mother told me that they were diagnosing her with lymphoma cancer, I couldn't sit on the foot of my bed trying to figure out how I was going to heal her. I couldn't imagine myself healing her with my own power. The only thing I could do was get on my knees and leave it at the throne because once I left it, then that means I told the Lord, look, I believe you're going to do this. I believe that you're going to fix this because there's nothing on this earth that I can do. My worrying won't change a thing. It'll only make me sick right along with it. So I had to give everything to God. He, and he told us, don't worry about it. Look at your name and say, don't worry. Be happy. Look at your other name and say, don't worry. Be happy. Also, if you were to think about other women in the Bible and other people in the Bible that have been bold before God, what about the woman and the unjust judge? The woman who went before the judge in, in, chapter, in Luke chapter 18, it says, There was a city judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. I mean, the judge was like, 
Get her out of here. She's getting on my nerves. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go before the Lord and pray over and over and over again, but if that's what's going to get this off your heart and out of your mind, then that's what you need to do. Knock. Lord, it's me again. Knock. Father, I'm so sorry I'm coming back to you. Knock. Lord, I'm telling you, this is keeping me up all night long. I have to go to sleep because i got to go to work in the morning. Knock. Talk to the Lord. Don't hold it in because there's nothing you can do. Nothing at all. It's all in God's hands. Now, if you're going to work and you're not working, that's a different story. If you're lollygagging in the stairwells and playing games on the computer and, you know, doing things that you know are not common to the boss or the man or the authority that you serve here on the earth as a job, that's different. That is on you. But when there's something that is not in your control, then you need to leave it at the foot of the Father. And he just sits there waiting. He's like, when are you going to stop worrying about that? When you worry about it, then you're telling me you can do it. And you can't do anything. Say, pray to me. So, look at your neighbor. Don't worry. Be happy. What about the Syrophoenician woman? The woman who went to Jesus and she was considered someone that, that did not have any dealings with the Jews. She came to him and she said, Oh Lord, have mercy on me, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. He was like, Shh. And his disciples came beside him saying, Lord, send her away. But she cried after us. This is a woman that they like, she don't mean what she's saying. But her heart was sincere. Her heart was bold. She didn't care what those disciples said. She said, no, I'm going to the Lord today because this is my child. I have got to see about my little girl. And then he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came and worshipped him, saying, but Lord, help me. And he answered and said, look, it is not meek to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs, which was a pure insult, y'all, in my opinion. That was like saying, you are a dog to me. You know, get out of here, woof, woof. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And from her boldness, Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. This was power to release a child from a demon, and Jesus did not even touch the child. Just by her faith. Look at your neighbor and say, holy boldness. What about the woman with the issue of blood? All these people pressing on Jesus. And she said, but if I could just touch, if I just get my hand through there, I don't care, they just step all on me, but I know that I know that I know that I know if I could just touch him, I will be made whole. And when she touched him, now not just did she have boldness, she put action with her boldness. When she touched him, he, all these people touched him, he said, wait a minute, something just happened, who touched me? And his disciples were like, Okay, Lord, you're joking, right? All these people touching you and you asking, okay, well, he touched you and this one right here touched you. Well, I touched you too. You know, really, God. Come on, Jesus, now, really. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. I felt something. I felt something leave me. 
And she was standing back knowing she couldn't hide it because she was so happy. Because she felt the well that had been inside of her for all those years dry up in that instant. She was happy. And she was probably back there jumping up and down like I do. And she knew she couldn't withhold it from him. She said, Lord, it was me. And from her boldness, he said, woman, thou faith has made thee whole. Holy boldness. Don't be afraid to go to your daddy. If it was your father on earth and he owned, if he was Bill Gates and you had a need, how slow would you be to go to him and ask him for what you need? Would you say, hmm, I'll wait, you know, I'm just let, let the, you know, my last notice come. Daddy, they're coming for my car tomorrow, and I need to get this bill paid. Okay, not just pay this bill, can you just pay the car off? Okay, so we don't have this problem anymore. Holy boldness. And he is a specific God. He is not a God that will... Just, I mean, he won't listen to your small prayers, but me, I'm very specific with the Lord. Very, very, very specific. I tell him when I hurt my fingernails. How many of you know that when you break a fingernail down to the quick, that hurts? And I, I'm for real, y'all think I'm silly, but I tell the Lord every little thing about me because that's how much I trust him. That's how much I believe he hears me and desires to have my Good and my good done. He he desires for good things to be done to me. So look at your neighbor again and say, "Holy boldness." Now look at the one next to you and say, on the other side and say, "Do you have holy boldness?" There have been many times that I've had people to actually tell me that in their time of need they just can't pray. They said. I was just so distraught and just so under the pressure of what was going on. I I just couldn't even pray. I just couldn't bring myself to pray. Well, that's the one time when you need to just get on your face and moan. If you can't say any words, moan to let God know. I am not trying to handle this on my own. I seek your face. I seek you, God. Look at your neighbor and say, just pray. Now, also, I would like to give you a a bit of admonition. Please be careful, because in Luke chapter 18, it says, Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the publicans. I fast twice in the week, and I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Please, go before God. Knowing who he is. Because we are absolutely nothing. We are filthy rags. But he loves us. He loves this whole beat up rag. He loves this whole smelly piece of nothing. Because he gave his son for me that I might come before him boldly by the blood of Jesus. 
and we all have that right. I am out of time. But if you would like to hear this message or email it to a friend, you may go to airjesus.com and look for sermon number 6278. You may email it to your friend absolutely free of charge. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because brother and sister, you need the Word. Look at your neighbor and say, Holy Boldness. This ends message number 6278 by Stephanie Bronner. To hear other messages or to send this message number 6278 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6278. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.